You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. On this Friday, the 19th of January, talking at Brewers baseball today and pinch hitting for Brewers reporter Adam McAlvey, our very own Richard Justice. Richard, a pleasure as always to have you aboard. We appreciate you, like I said, filling in today. And uh, a couple of topics to get to. Uh, the Brewers signing a couple of guys with big league experience to minor league deals. We'll get your take on uh, those signings and uh, which of the three guys may have the best shot at uh, cracking the big league rotation here in uh, 2018. Uh, Taylor Youngman, uh, their 2011 first-round pick, uh, after such a promising start to his career, released a couple of days ago. We'll get your take on that. And we'll also see if there's other areas that you'd like to see the Brew Crew address before spring training. But, Richard, want to start here. Some potentially encouraging news uh, for the Brewers and their fans. Uh, Jimmy Nelson, who was uh, definitely the team's ace in 2017 but had that uh, shoulder surgery uh, earlier this offseason. It cost him about a half dozen starts at the end of last year. But reportedly, he is way ahead of schedule in his rehab from that shoulder surgery. So the million-dollar question, is it safe for Brewers fans to get their hopes up a little bit that he could be back sooner rather than later? Well, I, I think it's it's okay to get your hopes up that he will be productive at some point this season. And, and it, it's a big deal. Look, this is the number one guy. Jimmy Nelson and Chase Anderson took big steps forward last year. And while you can say, okay, I, I, I can see it building with those guys behind him, I mean, your number one guy is your number one guy. So um, he said – we will know more when I really start a show, uh, a throwing program, um, and, and you know, knowing the Brewers, knowing David Stearns uh, and Craig Council, they're going to be conservative. But so I, I would say the best you can read out of this, the tea leaves you should read out of this, is that Jimmy Nelson is going to contribute at some point in the season, and in a best case scenario, in the first half of the season, it's a it's a day by day thing. Does that change the fact that the Brewers? you know, probably are still shopping for a pitcher. Uh, no, it doesn't. But it does make the depth on that staff uh, significantly more impressive. Yeah, it certainly does. And uh, you mentioned that the Brewers may not be done trying to fortify that starting rotation. But as we all know, they did go out and sign uh, their former ace, Giovanni Gallardo. They brought in Jolice Chassin, who had a, a pretty good season uh, in 2017 with the Padres. So, despite having those two guys on board, you, you still think they, they might look to bring in somebody else? Yeah, and, uh, you know, Junior Guerrero is having an outstanding winner in the, in the um, Venezuelan league, Winter League and has been told, hey, you're going to get a chance to compete. This is the most frequent cliche you've ever heard. You, you don't have enough pitching. <laughs> a couple of years ago, the Dodgers had, I think, 10 veteran starters in camp, and we all ran around, what are you going to do, what are you going to do, and they needed – they had nine, I think, and they need ten in April. So, <laughs> so the way the Brewers are going to line up, you know, Anderson, Davies, Shoshin, uh, Brent Suter, the kid, uh, the lefty from Harvard, was really good last year. Gallardo is a guy that feels at home there. He's back to where he started and where he had a lot of success, and, and Guerrero. So, yeah, they have a lot of guys that could compete. And I just, I don't know how Brewers fans feel. Probably the same way I feel. I really trust David, uh, their general manager, David Stearns. 
on his talent evaluation. He's the guy that saw something in Eric Thames nobody else saw, mm-hmm. uh, and they have a great farm system. So we'll see. You know, the thing is, though, that they think big in Milwaukee in that they think, okay, we got to stay in front of the Cardinals. We want to still close the gap on the Cubs. What else do we need to do? And their owner, Mark Antonazio, has always been aggressive in spending. It's cl- it's clear, obviously, that in the guys we're talking about, Darvish, Arietta, Lance Lynn, and, and Alex Cobb, they haven't gotten to a price point that they're comfortable with. But if they had a chance to get one of those guys, and, you know, the longer we go, the cl- most, more we close in on spring training, I think the the wider the field gets for a guy like that. So stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned indeed. That's that is the the theme of this very slow moving uh, 2018 off season. That's for sure. And uh, like you said, it's it's easy to put trust in a guy like David Stearns, who had such a, a great hand in building that that juggernaut in Houston before he came over uh, to the Brewers to inherit that GM job. And of course, uh, you know, again, you can never have too much pitching. It's a cliche, but it's so so true. The attrition, the war of attrition that goes on during a 162-game season and beyond. If you're good enough to make the postseason, you can never, ever have enough pitching. That is for sure. Uh, we'll see what develops there. Uh, Richard, uh, shifting gears here. The Brewers have taken some flyers on a couple of guys, three guys actually, for uh, signing them to minor league deals. Uh, Christian Bethencourt, Ernesto Freire, and G-Mon Choi have all had significant time at the big league level. They've all done some good things. So of those three, which one do you see is the most likely to get some time at the big league level in 2018? You know, it's really interesting, Matt, in that at one time these were all high-ceiling prospects. Yeah. I mean, there was a time you could call the Atlanta Braves and ask about Christian Bethencourt and be told, get out of here, hmm. where he's untouchable. Ernesto Freire, you know, had 37 saves for the Angels in 2013. He was with three organizations last year. Uh, and Troy is, is a, you know, a no-risk signing if he you know, comes in and competes for a job. I just, knowing pitchers and the way I do, I just think Ferrari has still got something left in the tank. And we'll see. You know, he really bounced around last year, really struggled. But he's a guy that throws hard. He's had success with a couple of franchises. So we'll, we'll see. You know, in a perfect world, Christian Bethencourt will find it. You know, so you, when guys have talent, it's easy to give up on them. But when they keep working at it, you know, you just you just never know. We've seen it time and again. But my money would be on free airy because he won't be counted on to pitch the ninth inning. He can get one of those, you know, one out here, one out there uh, as they try to get the ball into the hands of Corey Knebel. Yeah, that's such an important thing that, uh, you know, he does have that closing experience, but uh, they've got a lockdown closer in Knebel, as you said. So if you, you slot him into a middle relief role, he can get his uh, get his mojo back, get his confidence back, and start to rediscover his winning ways from not all that long ago when, like you said, he was closing in on 40 saves, uh, nailing down the ninth inning for that Angels team. So uh, we'll see. And my money would be on him, too, uh, to be the biggest contributor of those three at the big league level in uh, 2018. And, Richard, on the topic of guys that uh, you know have talent but sometimes cannot quite put it all together, that brings us to uh, Taylor Youngman. This was a guy – First-round draft pick back in 2011, uh, very high ceiling, and he came out of the gate like gangbusters. His first uh, foray into the big leagues, a sub-3 ERA, but then it all really fell apart, and uh, to that end, the Brewers have released him uh, just a couple of days ago. So as, I guess I'll ask you, having been around the game for so long and seeing you know guys that flame out uh, rather unexpectedly, is there a lesson to be learned from a guy that you know looked at one time so promising and looked to be a sure thing, 
and next thing you know, they're out of a job. Is is there a grand lesson to be learned here, or is, or is it kind of a case-by-case scenario? It, it's a reminder that the game is hard, that most guys don't make it, and it's also a reminder that you got to watch guys. I mean, he Taylor always had a kind of a cross-body delivery, mm-hmm. but I think there's two points to make here. He lost his command, and he was never able to get it back. They would send him to Colorado Springs, which is, as you know, not not a great place to get your confidence no. back if you're a pitcher. <laughs> but he would he pitched well in the minors last year. It's just that every time he got a chance, he didn't um, he didn't take advantage of it. The other thing is David Stearns and his staff did not draft uh, Taylor. And the best part, if you're a Brewers fan, this is the part you want to hear. They they are so loaded in talent. Whatever the talent level is at the major league level, they would tell you we got more talent at the minor league level. The the Brewers are set for a good a good run here. And that's one of the things, you know, one of the reasons they haven't traded for Chris Archer this offseason is because, hey, we can't lose sight of the bigger picture. So while we may be in the market for a free agent pitcher, we're not going to decimate what we've got. We've worked too hard to get it. So I think in a, in another with another organization, Taylor would keep getting chances. And, you know, they released him so he could go to Japan and pursue his career, but he's He's now signed with the Giants, and I just hope, and, and I think people think, I know scouts that, that still believe in the guy, he's going to get out there with Dick Tidrow, Bruce Bochy, an organization that prides itself on knowing and developing and, and, and restoring confidence in pitchers and, you know, be around guys like Bumgarner and Cueto. I mean, Cueto's a good one for him to follow because Cueto's delivery is a little funky too. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that would be it. But I, if, if you're a Brewers fan, you got to be happy in that you say we had so, we have so many players that that we valued more. Our roster is full, and that's what fans of every team want to say. Yeah, I mean, and that that's a great point. Whereas you know, most organizations would say, "Well, let's let's stick with them. Let's try to work with them through his struggles." The Brewers have the luxury of saying we can cut bait because we're loaded, and that that's not something every team could say. So good for uh, the Brewers on their on their part. Good for Taylor on his part to latch on against San Francisco when maybe he rediscovers those winning ways that he first had when he broke into the big leagues a couple of years ago. Richard, as we come down the home stretch here, give me one area, maybe two, that you think the Brewers could still address before spring training opens its gates. I think you could always go for a bullpen arm. and uh, But I think if they could go get a starting pitcher that makes sense for them financially, they would do that. But it's pitching, pitching, pitching. When you look at their lineup, you know, you feel pretty good about about where they are, about some depth uh, that and and the players that are going to be competing for jobs in spring training. You know, Matt, I, I don't know that they're going to pa- finish in front of the Cardinals and the uh, Cubs, but I know the mentality of those guys. I know the mentality of the owner and the general manager and the manager, and I know some of those guys uh, on that club. And uh, I, I think they're in a great spot from as a as a franchise. It's easy to forget now, but uh, at the All-Star break last year, they had, what was it, a five-and-a-half game lead in the Central? Is that right? Yeah, and in spring training, they, they were the only ones that knew they were good. I still remember Mark Antanasio telling the club, uh, you know, while none of us believed, he told the players one day, uh, don't screw this up. we got a good thing here. And uh, the Brewers marketing people were saying, could we maybe do a T-shirt campaign on that? And they, <laughs> they didn't do that. But it told you that, 
they like where they are and they believe in their direction that they're going. As they should. Uh, it came down to the next to last day, game 161, before they were officially eliminated from wild card contention. And uh, maybe they're that dark horse team in 2018 that can really surprise some people and uh, put some heat on the Cubs and the Cardinals and the NL Central. That's going to be a really fun race. Richard Justice, uh, our thanks to you uh, for filling in today. Always a pleasure to talk, and uh, we will do it again soon, I'm sure. In the meantime, it's Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras, Milwaukee Brewers. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.